You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoyed this episode and want to catch up on any previous episodes you may have missed or stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll receive 20% off your next order. On tonight's episode, I thought I'd give some thoughts about the Jets prospects from tonight's Moose game, as well as some scoreline updates from the NHL, including last night's games and tonight. Uh, Specifically, stuff that might be more relevant to the Jets, plus a few extras here and there. We'll see what time allows for tonight, but let's start off with some thoughts about the Moose game, which uh, saw the the Moose fall 5-6 in overtime to the Stockton Heat. This was, by all accounts, a fairly messy game. I feel like, you know, despite the shot clock looking very favorably for the Moose throughout most of the game, what ended up happening was that, you know, Stockton really didn't allow the Moose to set up inside the slot, which meant a lot of the shot volume was coming from really, you know, sharp angles or from great distances, which uh, Stockton's goalie really didn't have too much issue with. What kind of killed Manitoba in this game was that they would generate lots of zone possession time, uh, take a lot of sharp angle shots, and try to create chaos in front of the net, but unfortunately they had a bit of a discipline issue tonight. They took a lot of very silly penalties, which usually occurs after you start to get frustrated and you feel like you're not really breaking through, and you maybe take like a weird uh, hooking call or maybe a high sticking penalty, just really silly stuff where, where the Moose were a little bit annoyed and maybe made a mistake or two as they started to lose composure. Unfortunately, the Moose penalty kill kind of got butchered and they surrendered like three or four goals, which is always a very frustrating thing. I feel like Stockton really didn't have to do much because ultimately the Moose gave them opportunities to score in this game. But somehow, you know, despite Manitoba sort of falling on its face, this team showed a lot of heart, a lot of perseverance, just kept kind of going with the flow and managed to scrap out a point, which is always something you'd like to see. I feel like this team doesn't really expect to win very many games as far as like observers are concerned. You know, certainly the team will, will try and fight as hard as possible, but it's clear that the talent level of this roster is maybe not quite what you're looking at when you're looking for like a Calder Cup contender, which is fine. You know, during COVID with the Moose uh, in the situation that they are financially, it's understandable. That said, of course, it would be nice to get uh, the prospects a bit more offensive support, and I feel like that's been an issue throughout a lot of the past couple of weeks of Moose play. They just don't really have many goal scorers, and I feel like they've got lots of guys who are very gritty, very capable of driving the slot and attacking those areas, especially looking for greasy opportunities, but they just don't really have many guys who are actually finishers, uh, you know, very skilled uh, releases and whatnot. When your top scorer is like Nathan Todd, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Now, you may be wondering how the Jets prospects handled this evening, which is interesting to talk about because I I feel like some of the prospects were under a little bit of siege here and there. Most notably, Mikhail Berdin, who seemed to really struggle on both the penalty kill and at even strength with some really tricky shots. 
I feel like the stuff that uh, Bairdine really fumbled the puck with were shots that typically he doesn't really worry too much about. A couple of them, though, from like long distance, either had a weird hop or something that seemed to cause him to panic, and then he ended up like fumbling the puck around a little bit and nearly conceding. And then he had a couple of other rebounds that I didn't love. And I feel like, you know, Bairdine's one of those players for, for me who's very raw. He's got a lot of extremely interesting ticks and habits as far as goaltenders are concerned that I, I don't really know how you would work around and coach around these things because it makes him a very unique player in a lot of respects. He certainly has a lot of really elite potential as far as like his reflexes, his physical ability, and his his timing and reads are concerned. It's just that in a lot of ways, he's almost a little bit too excitable and maybe needs to add an element of control to his game, but he's a very interesting player to watch. One of the more fun goalies that I've ever seen in any league or sport, and in general, just a very fascinating prospect. As far as other guys who I thought were maybe struggling just a little bit, I thought Declan Chisholm had a couple of really good shifts, but, you know, the rest of his game, he, you know, took one or two penalties here and there, and I feel like he's one of those guys who always looks a little jumpy to me. It seems like Chisholm is definitely dealing with some level of nerves. I don't know if that's like a normal thing with him, if he's always jumpy when he's in possession and maybe tries to force a pass out and he's trying to follow the instructions, but maybe he he slightly hesitates or something. Either way, I feel like Chisholm had a couple of really bad turnovers, and then he would sort of ring the puck around the boards, and it would also get picked off. So, you know, Chisholm was definitely going to take some time to develop at the AHL level. I feel like he's probably a couple of seasons away. What I did see from him from the angles that I could see tonight, because they're playing at the practice rink for all the home games, so it's a little hard to actually see the, the, the correct viewing angle and get a really good sense of the action, but Chisholm had some really interesting offensive activations, and certainly we know that his in-zone offensive possessions and skating are, vo- are very strong, and he definitely has a good shot. He got himself into a couple of decent opportunities, and I don't know if he actually recorded any points on the night. Uh, he actually was credited with one primary assist on a, a feed to Jeff Malott for one of the later goals in the game that was actually a Mikhail Berdin assist as well. Super funny, a power play goal. So we did have a nice little assist there, and he's had a couple of, of good points and, and stuff here and there. He's had a couple of goals throughout the season. I feel like his offensive potential is definitely something to watch, especially from the back end. He loves to be aggressive inside the OZ, but tonight is one of those games where I think it was a little bit dicey for him just because, you know, the Moose forwards, they like to attack the slot with a lot of volume or also take a lot of shots from sharp angles and just sort of create a lot of net front havoc which can occasionally be difficult to negotiate if you're like a smaller defender on the back end who's trying to find a good shooting lane and getting close. Standouts for the night, though, definitely include David Gustafson and Billy Heinola. I felt like Heinola maybe had a couple of turnovers here and there that he wasn't super thrilled about, but certainly he was making great passes. He was very involved inside offensive zone possessions. His breakout passes were good. His uh, his skating in possession was good. Got himself a couple of assists on the night. Very impressive from him. CJ Cease also showed some pretty good offensive zone awareness. I feel like Cease has been getting a lot more involved in terms of getting net front goal scoring opportunities and either getting good tips or just kind of shoveling in garbage goals. You always like to see guys who maybe don't quite have like the most elite tool sets getting into those dangerous areas and hammering it home, which is what Cease is probably going to have to do. Certainly beneficial for this Moose team that's going to have to score a lot of dirty goals. For me, the most impressive prospect on the night, though, was definitely David Gustafson, who I thought had some really great, outstanding end-to-end rushes. He had a couple of really good scoring opportunities off the rush. One of them was a really good shorthanded two-on-one sequence. His neutral zone transition play while in possession was very good. I thought that his distribution near the net created a bunch of really good cross-seam high-danger chances that, unfortunately, his line mates weren't good enough to capitalize on. 
but he continues to show why if you play him with skill, he'll find really good passing lanes as he drops into the slot and between the faceoff circles. He's got great hands, he's got great vision, he's very patient on the puck, and the kid is an absolute tank when he's on his skates and, and sort of just gliding in. Let him do his thing and let him start to create that space. Give him some skilled finishers. I think he's going to be a really fun player at the NHL level. Let me know if you guys had any observations from the Moose game. I think those probably were some of my bigger takeaways as far as the prospects are concerned. But if you have any thoughts, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Like I said earlier, as we continue to go throughout this season, I'll have some more Manitoba Moose thoughts and prospect updates. But for now, that will wrap up tonight's thoughts on the Moose. Up next, we'll talk a little bit about some of the NHL games, including some scorelines from tonight and last night that may or may not impact the Jets and uh, some fun storylines overall. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We recapped earlier some thoughts about the Moose and some of Winnipeg's prospects, and now we're moving on to some NHL action from last night and tonight. Before we go any further, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about why Locked On Today should be in your daily podcast rotation. We talk about everything you need to know about the Winnipeg Jets, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. And now, as promised, some thoughts about uh, other sports, so to speak. Other sports actually just being other hockey teams, because let's be honest, hockey does exist out of Winnipeg every now and then, and I thought it'd be cool to catch up with some of the other teams out there. First off, we have the battle of sadness between the Buffalo Sabres and the New York Islanders, and obviously Buffalo, yeah, they're basically at the stage where I think big big changes are in store for this team. Maybe trading Captain Jack Eichel. Maybe firing the team into the sun. I don't really know what you do to to turn the Sabres around. I feel like this squad has spent many years toiling away at doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, You know, as many moves as this team has made, I feel like the mistaken belief in Ralph Kruger as the, the head coach and the continued failures to really deliver on a lot of promises to the fans just puts this team in a really bad light. And, you know, the, the Sabres are at the point where you need to get results with the team that you have, and unfortunately the roster that they do have is is decent enough but probably won't be getting many results under Kruger, who doesn't really seem to have that great of a handle on how this thing should work. The Islanders, for their part, took care of business and basically got the win that they needed, got out, and uh, won comfortably against a Sabres team that's really licking its wounds and probably is on the way down to uh, even further sadness. Up next, we had a Central Division matchup between the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Chicago Blackhawks. Even though Chicago has surprised teams before, Tampa Bay took care of business, won 6-3. Not super shocking. I mean, you know, the, the Lightning are who they are. This team is maybe a little bit less dominant than it was last season when it won the Cup, but it doesn't really seem to matter because they just keep stringing along wins, and even if they finish, like, top three in the division, right, you know that as soon as it gets to the postseason picture, this team's just going to be a huge mess to deal with. I know any team out there probably would dread matching up against this squad anywhere in the first couple of rounds and even into the deeper part portion of the uh, the playoffs because even if they get tired, that team just does not seem to stop finding ways to score. In another Central Division matchup, we had the Florida Panthers versus the Carolina Hurricanes, and of course, the Florida Panthers are one of those teams that's maybe on the resurgent side of things. I think a lot of people slept on them. I was definitely one of those folks. I didn't really feel like Quenville and that roster were going to turn things around as quickly as they have, but this year, they've been really good. 
Carolina, though, is one of those teams that you really can't afford to make mistakes against, and unfortunately for the Florida Panthers, they did give up a shorthanded goal, and you just can't give guys like uh, Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Zvechnikov, any of these players a look at net just because they'll find a way through. They have a lot of really good offensive tools, and even when the Canes haven't played as well as they can, they've continued to produce results and ended up winning 4-2, so pretty nice and comfortable victory for this Canes team. They really don't seem to sweat all that much. In much tighter scoreline news, we have uh, New Jersey barely beating Boston 1-0. This looks like a really tough outing for the Bruins. They apparently had like 40 shots on goal. Somehow Kyle Palmieri was the only one to actually score a goal between either team. It's funny that both goaltenders uh, named Wood on this New Jersey Devils team have somehow managed to produce some really stellar results uh, every now and then. Of course, Blackwood is definitely the better of the two and somebody who I feel should be given the Vezina nomination this year. I think McKenzie has done a really good job of keeping the Devils afloat. Uh, You know, Scott Wedgwood, probably a lot less likely to continue this level of success, but hey, getting a really cool 40-save shutout in one of your earlier season games, one of the few that you've been given so far, has to feel pretty darn good. Moving on, we've got uh, Washington beating Philadelphia in a pretty even contest 3-1. I think Washington's one of those teams where I'm not really sure what to make of them. The same thing can be said with the Flyers, but I think I know where the Flyers are pretty weak. The Caps are a strange one because you look at the way Laviolette coaches this team, and like they're really slow and really boring and really old, which is sort of counter to how I feel like you want to be running this team. You need to be giving guys like Jakob Vrana a lot more leash and really running out some of the younger players because guys like Ovechkin, look, it's, it's true that they're getting up there in years. They can still be very productive, but you probably don't want to push all of the offensive load on them, especially if you're playing a slower, more conservative approach. Feed some of your younger stars like Vrana a lot more ice time and let them kind of run things and have the other guys fill in where they need to and, and do their thing without pushing them too far. The Flyers are just a, a squad at this point that doesn't really have a whole lot of defensive depth, and I feel like the goaltending definitely took a step back this year, which is probably a bit sad for a lot of fans. I feel like the Flyers were hoping that Carter Hart would be able to repeat last year. Hasn't happened so far. I don't think the Flyers have helped them that much, but by the same token, got to make a few extra saves. The last scoreline we will take a look at before heading into a brief little intermission is uh, New York versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sort of routed the Rangers 5-1. to one. When the Pens are at their best, they're genuinely a team that terrifies me because Pittsburgh has a lot of really great fast puck movement, really strong counters. Crosby and Malkin, even though they are starting to get up there in years and Malkin is definitely feeling it, they can still be incredibly lethal in the right circumstances, Crosby more so than Malkin. Uh, but this roster definitely does have a couple of blemishes. I think the uh, the goaltending question will be an issue if it starts to, uh, if, you know, Jari starts to falter later on. And the defense is still a bit of a work in progress. I think, you know, Cody Cece and Mike Matheson are decent, but not great defenders. I'd probably class Cece somewhere in the six or seven range, and Matheson maybe in the five or so range, but neither of these guys is probably somebody that you want to lean on heavily. Overall, though, they continue to outscore some of their problems, and, you know, if they find a little bit more consistency, you definitely don't want to be meeting this squad in the postseason. A 5-1 victory over New York definitely cements the, the Penguins as a team that can rack up the goals against you really quickly, especially if you give them a lot of power play opportunities. We'll have some more scoreline thoughts for you in just a moment, but before then, I thought you should know a little bit about why Built Bar might become your go-to protein bar of choice. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, by now you're definitely a Built Bar veteran. We've been telling you about the Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a long time now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber protein bar that also tastes amazing and is coated in 100% chocolate. Now though, it's time to truly find out which Built Bar is the best because it's Built Bar Madness. 
Today we've got a battle of heavyweights on the bracket looking at Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff, and then Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. If I have to choose, I would have to say that uh, Apple Almond Crisp probably gets my vote, but I think a lot of people will choose Churro Puff. And out of the second bracket, I'd have to say Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Yeah, I, w- I would take Peanut Butter Brownie here personally. I feel like that one would be a-, a better flavor choice. I like Raspberry, but Peanut Butter and Brownies just always go together perfectly for me. To cast your vote, though, go to BuiltBar.com pages slash brackets and cast your vote between your two matchups. When you're done voting, go treat yourself to a few Built Bars and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to check back later to see who won today's matchup and who gets to be crowned the best Built Bar of all time. When it comes to the weird and wild world of online betting, it can be hard to find and know the best place to do it, one that's safe, reliable, trustworthy, and has all the sports you're interested in. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international soccer, and so many other sports are all in full swing. If you're not into sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, featuring real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, whether you want to place a bet on the next Stanley Cup champion or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality TV show. BetOnline even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you need, so you'll always make informed bets no matter what. Signing up is super free and super easy. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, concluding tonight's episode with a few more score lines from around the league between last night and tonight, some of which this evening may still be ongoing. So, you know, knowing all that, let's take a look at the North Division relevant score lines. First up from last evening, we've got Ottawa defeating Calgary 4-3 in a shootout, which was a very interesting game. Ottawa had the lead for quite a bit, and then Calgary ended up rallying back, this team now under the leadership of Daryl Sutter. Despite a furious comeback bid and a couple of decent sequences inside the OT period, unfortunately for the Flames, they fell short and ended up losing in the shootout to the Sens. Ottawa is one of those teams that I think a lot of people have been down on for a while, and it's true. The Sens aren't very good, right? But when I watch them play and I see the way that they try and frustrate their opponents through the neutral zone and generally, you know, create a lot of good scoring opportunities off the rush and, and some decent chances on the power play and whatnot, this team doesn't look that that bad, generally speaking. I wouldn't say it looks great, but maybe the Suns are a little bit slept on and, you know, aren't in fact the worst team in the North. Maybe that, you know, that honor kind of falls to Calgary. I feel like the Sens are, are not as bad as their record looks like, but by the same token, they have a lot of issues with that roster. The goaltending is very up and down. Sometimes it's just bottom of the league bad, and sometimes it's actually, you know, acceptable and, and league average, but you never really know with what you're getting with it. And then that factored in with occasionally brain dead defending and some really interesting forward choices, especially in, in situations where you need a, a little bit more finishing talent and the, the Sens don't really give you that. Well, you know, Obviously, the the Sens are in the position that they are because that roster is just not quite where it needs to be. But all in all, I feel like that team is better than it gets credit for. All of this said, the Sens did in fact fall tonight uh, to Edmonton 3-2, and it's not like the Oilers are a particularly dominant team either. I feel like the Sens, you know, they have these these situations where they can outplay their opponents or, or play at the same level, but when it comes down to it, you have a team like Edmonton with a finishing talent of guys like Drysaddle and McDavid, and it's just not really comparable. 
Brady Tuchuk, Drake Batherson, a lot of these guys, they're talented. You know, Evgeny Dodonov provides really good veteran support, but overall that team has too many weaknesses to compensate for, and I feel like they often find themselves in really close efforts, but they're still essentially tanking for a top pick. So they can be happy about Tim Stutzla continuing to, to be a really great scorer at this level and a really creative playmaker, but I think they know that this team definitely has a long way to go before it's even close to being somewhat competitive. Right now, we've also got another North Division matchup between Montreal and Vancouver. It's the end of the second period, and Montreal is currently up one nothing over the Canucks. The Habs are definitely in need of some consistency and and starting to win games here because after firing Claude Julien, it's been a bit downhill since then. After beating the Jets, though, over the weekend, maybe they have a little bit more confidence and a little bit more jam. Hard to say, though, because it's been a, a rough week and a half or so since the firing. I feel like Montreal's still trying to feel its way through this whole situation. We'll see if their goaltending really was the problem or if this coaching change will actually make a difference. I'm inclined to believe, you know, price is still the main issue with the squad, but we'll see. Maybe you have some competing thoughts and want to let me know at HLLivingLoco on Twitter or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets also on Twitter. For now, though, that will wrap up tonight's coverage. We'll have some thoughts on tomorrow's game against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and whether or not the Jets are actually capable of winning. We'll know soon enough. We'll cover that on tomorrow's episode. But for tonight, that will wrap up our coverage from around the NHL and some of the thoughts on the Moose. But before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On NHL Fantasy. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.